mean, people look at failure as like something horrible, but I think it's the best thing that can happen in your career. It's like really what shapes you and what takes you to the next level and what gives you a drive. You need to see that as a positive thing. Hi, my name is Baba, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Bye Baba podcast, Out of Office, featuring unconventional career paths with influential stories. This podcast aims to rewrite the script in which careers are discussed and how success is defined. Hosted by our very own senior creative manager, Jennifer Pazzioni. With her international background in editorial and an unconventional career path herself, she asks the most thoughtful and interesting questions. Join us as we sit down to hear firsthand the journeys, lessons learned, and advice from creative forces who manifested their own way. Today I'm out of office with Amelia de Paré, fashion influencer and journalist based in Stockholm, Sweden. Following a background in the music industry with a 15-year career as a singer and songwriter, Amelia has transitioned her career in following her passion for fashion and media. Since 2013, she has been the fashion expert for TV4, a leading Swedish TV channel, as well as a contributor to the Swedish edition of Elle magazine. In addition to being an active angel investor, Amelia is also the co-founder of Scandinavia's largest fashion media platform, including a podcast with over 300,000 monthly listeners and two best-selling style guides. Hi, Amelia. Thank Hi. you for joining us today on Out of Office. I'm so happy to be here with you. What did you initially want to be when you grew up? I knew from the day I could talk that I wanted to be a singer. I was obviously too young to remember, but my grandmother, who I spent a lot of time with, who was a singer and a pianist, she she told me that just like the Abba song, I could sing before I could talk. And it sounds like really a huge cliche, but it's uh, it was that way. And I, I was so convinced that this was my path. Do you have a lot of like home videos of you performing and singing? And You know, I was this child who I, I sang Everywhere I could, wherever I had an audience, if it was the family or in the ski lift or uh, at a restaurant. And I mean, my older brother, who's four years older, I think he had many embarrassing moments <laughs> when this uh, unbearable child sang for anyone who wanted to listen. But it was really, you know, such a drive. And um, by then, I didn't know that I was also choosing a very, very difficult career path. But it was just a pure passion and, and my life. What initially drew you to want to be a singer? Was it the performing element of it? Was it, you know, the the vocal side? I think a combination, but I always loved to perform in, in some way. So I was never a good backup singer, for example. I tried that. That was a disaster. Um, so and then it was a love for music. So um, I grew up in a, in a very musical family. I have uh, 40 cousins. Everyone sings, you know, can play one, at least one instrument. So it was really um, that kind of upbringing. And, and it was so natural as well. I mean, now today I have children and I, of course, sing a lot with them. And I, I would love love for them to to somehow have music in their life. But I think it has to be something that comes from within. For me, it was really something that was the most natural thing to always express myself through music. It's interesting when you just mentioned your children, because you also mentioned that it was a difficult path to take. And I think in like performing arts, a lot of times you hear from like actors and actresses that 
they almost don't wish that their children follow in that path. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's so it's so interesting. And it's it's I mean, I can totally relate to that as well, because I know choosing a creative career path is hard. I mean, whether you want to become an artist, a writer, a singer, an actor, I mean, it's obviously it's almost like a lottery if you're going to make it or not. It doesn't matter if you are very talented, how much work and effort you put into it. It's so much that has to be there to, to be put in place. Um, but I feel very strongly that I want my children to be passionate about something. It doesn't matter whatever it is, they need to have that passion because if you have that, you're going to work so hard. And maybe one day you're going to realize, okay, you know, it's not working, it's not for me, but at least you have felt that passion within. And then you can, that passion can translate into so many new paths and ideas and 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 so on. So for me, it's uh, it's a thing that I wish most for them. And I mean, today as well, it's interesting with with how how the world looks like. I mean, there's opportunities beyond. I mean, they didn't exist when I was a child, for example. So. Of course, I'd like them to have an academic background. I didn't. I didn't choose that one myself. Sometimes I wish I did, but I didn't. Um, but they don't have to do it either if they don't want to. So I feel like I'm going to really be pushing them. I'm going to be tough on them because my parents were on me, um, but I'm going to let them choose in the end. I think that's super interesting, the way you're speaking about um, parenting your children and, and really letting them follow what feels natural for them. Do you feel growing up that you were taught to follow a more conventional career path? My mom was a huge supporter with my music. She comes from a music family. She is a teacher. Uh, she is very creative. So she understood, I think, my dream and my need and my passion. My dad is someone who grew up with nothing. And he is the reason why I'm so driven, I think, because he has this amazing drive and he chose a very academic career path. Uh, which was very unconventional for his family because they didn't think that he should actually get into that. He should also be a worker like like my grandparents were. Um, but he had an idea. He's a very intelligent man and he knew that I need, coming from nothing, I need to, you know, show a piece of paper to show what I can do. So I think I got the best of two worlds in, in one way. I mean, my mom always pushed me super hard. She's like this, I always joke and say she's like the worst PR person you can have because she... When I was doing music, she was doing PR for me wherever she she went. And and my dad was always the one who said, okay, you know, are you in control of this? You know, you need to negotiate your music contract. And he was the one that really also, I think, gave me my kind of business side, which I am very happy that I have. Uh, and the great interest. So, I mean, it's a really a mix, I think. But I think in the end, since I proved that I worked hard, I think they were always backing me. When you talk about your father, do you feel a lot of your education since you didn't choose an academic route came from him initially and then followed by experience and yeah I mean in the beginning when I was like around 18 and I finished school and he said okay you have to you know do whatever you want but get a law degree or um, a business degree whatever so you have something to to fall back on and I said I don't have time to do that because I need to do my music and I knew that you know it's it's also you you run against the clock if you're in the music industry you need to do move fast so um, then we kind of did a deal I said okay you 
I don't need any support from you guys. I do this myself, but I'm going to prove to you every year that I'll get into, I'll apply for for law school. And every year I could, you know, show, yeah, I, you know, I got in here. And then in the end, I said, okay, fine, do your thing. I did my thing. I didn't have my parents backing me. So, so do your thing and I'll trust you. Um, but it was important for me to be independent from the very start. But then again, um, I mean, I choose the music career as everyone know, it's it's a very, very hard career to to move into. And um, I have so many stories, ups and downs. And, uh, you know, it's it's really, really tough. And I learned the, the hard way. I mean, my first record deal was with a, with a German-American company, an indie label. So I choose to not choose the, the secure major companies that were then uh, the big ones. And I wanted to kind of do it my own way. So I had few different options but I, in the end I went with this company because I felt they were younger and they were more modern in the way they were thinking in the music industry and everything was great I had number one in, in Scandinavia and things moved really fast um, you know I did music videos in Malibu I collaborated with dream producers it was really I really thought that okay this was easy I mean I it's gonna it's gonna happen big time I lived for six months in New York to record half the album and I had such a great time for being a you know quite young person. And then they actually went bankrupt. Uh, it was the whole involvement of the music industry with streaming, everything that happened. Of course, it was like a, it was an interesting time to be in the industry. And then I remember that I was you know, heartbroken in my my apartment, and I felt that you know the world was against me. I was this twenty something person that really had my big dream crushed big time. Uh, and you know, at that time as well, you f- you think so much. What are other people gonna think? You're gonna be a failure. Like you know, when you build something up, and all of a sudden everything is taken away from you. And then I remember actually my dad basically breaking himself into the apartment and just like telling me to get the hell up out of the, the bed. He gave me a phone and he said, do you know what this is? I'm like, it's a phone. He's like, what do you do with it? You call. He's like, yeah, you start now. You start calling. You call other labels. You fix this. You know, you can do this. And I thought that it was so harsh. I was so mad at him because I was, you know, there for a week, not eating, not sleeping, just crying. And uh, in the end, that's what I did. And I'm so thankful that I learned, you know, the hard way and that it wasn't easy from the start. And I think that's also shaped me somehow. I was just talking about this with my husband the other day, that when you choose a quite unconventional career path, a lot of times there are these moments that you just feel like you need to give up. And these moments that are actually really, really difficult. And if you're choosing a very conventional career path with a very set you know, yeah. step and plan, you're often not really experiencing it. Um, but in a way, it's it's almost, I feel it's like a, a natural selection in a way, because you start out with this pool of people that want to be an actress, a singer, or whatever it is that's a bit unconventional. And then you keep kind of going up the levels. And when you face these roadblocks, there's a handful of people that kind of get off that path mm. and they're like forget it this mm. is it but I feel it's a way of seeing who's strong enough or who wants it enough to to really keep going and persevere past all those moments mm. totally and I think I mean people look at failure as like something 
you know, horrible, but I think it's the best thing that can happen in your career. It's like, it's like really what shapes you and what takes you to the next level and what gives you a drive. You need to see that as a positive thing. Today, when I don't work with music anymore and I work in the fashion industry and media and I'm, uh, I do a lot of other things than music, I am so happy that this shaped me because I think I wouldn't be the person I am today if I wouldn't have had my career in the music industry with my ups and downs. What are your thoughts on regrets? Because I think that's also a very hard thing to deal with at times when you are advancing in your career, you know, looking back at certain moments of your life. Do you have any regrets or how do you deal with those? I don't think I have any regrets. I think that everything that has happened in my life so far really happened for a reason. And if I'm going to be a bit personal, I uh, met my husband when I was quite young and uh I didn't want to have children because I was in the middle of my music career and he really wanted to have kids. So it was this huge, you know, uh, discussion ongoing all the time. And then when I was 34, I was just, I just signed with a new company, new record label in, in US. And, you know, I was full on working with my music and touring and all over. And, and I found out that I was pregnant. You know, my world was basically falling apart. Um, which is the craziest thing to say. And, and and I have friends who cannot have children. And when they hear this story, of course, they get so terribly mad at me. But that was what I felt there and then. And then I somehow get my senses back a couple of weeks later. And I realized that this is, you know, the best thing that could have happened. We've been together for eight years. We've seen the world. We've done so much. You know, we're both working a lot, developing as persons together and, and separately, of course. And um and we were really ready to become parents. And then when Electra, our daughter, came, I was like, you know, this was the best thing that ever happened. And it was actually Electra who also made me change my career path. And uh, maybe I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for her. And maybe the only regret is that if I knew actually how good it is to have a child and that it doesn't stop any you know, plans or um, dreams or um, possibilities. It's like, I, I think that it shapes you to become even a better version of yourself. So if I w would have known what I know now, when I was younger, I think I would have started with younger. That's super interesting, because I feel women in particular, it's almost like ingrained that you kind of choose one or the other. Yeah. Like, are you going to become a mother? Or are you going to become a career woman? Yeah. And I think it's starting to change now. I think you're starting to see women who can do both. Mm. Whereas I feel like older generations, it was not the case. No, it wasn't. And there was a lot of guilt, I yeah. feel like, attached to like <gasps> being a working mom because exactly. you weren't there for your kids enough. Or And I think maybe some of that still exists today, but a little bit less. Yeah. and But I, it's interesting what you say. And then, of course, being a Swede, it's very easy to be a mother, a parent in Sweden. You have all the support. Uh, you know, we have uh, we can take um, a maternity leave for one year or even more. I know that's not the case in the US, for example. How many Correct. weeks do you have? Like a couple of weeks? <laughs> it's, or? Um, for most companies, it's three months. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. 
moved to Sweden. <laughs> no, but I mean, note to everyone: yeah. if you're going to have a child, yeah, move exactly. to Sweden. Move to Sweden. No, but of course, that makes everything so much easier for so many women and so many families. Totally. And, and even the the fathers, you know, they they can take um, also paternity leave. So I mean, it's fantastic, and we have great daycare, and and there's really a support system uh, that you can work and be a parent at the same time, but. Um, I have still have to say that it's something that children does with you, and and for me, I think also, um, you know how it is when you are young, you have ambitions, you build everything around you, and for me, that was my life for so many years. I, I was so focused on myself and my career, and when you suddenly have a child, you know that you know you have someone that you really need to put all your attention and focus on and it doesn't matter who you are anymore in that sense and you feel so needed by someone else so my whole egoistic side kind of disappeared I think which was good. So you seem to have tried and succeeded in so many different career paths and opportunities so far from music to fashion to reporting writing business I mean the list really goes on where did you develop this sort of experimental mentality? So when I was um, doing music, all the record executive that I met, they said, okay, Bermila, you need to focus on one thing. You're, you know, focusing on so many different things at the same time, because early on, I realized that it was hard to only do one thing. But if you stand on several legs, my possibilities and opportunities are gonna grow. So at the time, I knew that I did a lot of fashion collaborations. That's how I got into fashion. Uh, I started to do a lot of YouTube clips, which was not only my music. I was, you know, doing YouTube diaries from my tours. So for me, that was something that conceptually helped me to get my music out there. And I also started my own label at the same time. So then I became this kind of singer who was also very into business. And that was very unusual. It was no one else in Sweden who'd done that. It was actually before Robin did that even. <laughs> I wow. just want to point it out. <laughs> uh, and we started to sign, you know, artists of our own, um, which was great. And I was even starting to manage other artists as well. So I think it's great to focus on one thing. I mean, this when people ask me to give career paths, like you need to do something really great. Uh, and when you feel that you kind of I got this now, then that's when you can also s try to see what else is there out there. And mm -hmm. I think it's for me, it's also curiosity. It's like I can't, I have to constantly be moving. Uh, I have to challenge myself. It doesn't matter if I'm, you know, past now 40. I feel like I have so much to learn. Like I, I feel that um, I like to be challenged. If I feel that I am in control of everything, it's boring. So I need to get out there where I'm like, okay, I'm really here on thin ice. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Will I be able to manage this? Can I, do I, you know, do I know how this thing works? And that's part of who I am, I guess. You said, once you feel like I got this, then try something else or add something into the mix. I think that's definitely key because I think sometimes you want to do everything at the same time. And what happens is you're not giving 100% to anything. And so you're kind of fumbling, giving 5% here, 10% there, 20% there, and you're not really giving your best result anywhere. No. True. So true. Also, I feel there's always a risk to kind of abandon what you have, but I think 
you never know what's on the other side. And, and I always feel that there's always something else waiting for me and for all of us. Then I also have to say that for me, something that really changed my uh, career a lot was that I started a company with someone else because I've always been like a, a loner. I worked with my brother for many years. Uh, we had a, you know, that was like the best experience ever. But I also never really experienced working with another woman. I was always the only woman with the band members, with my management or with my brother who was my manager. And then I met Ebba, who is my partner today. And to actually find someone and work with, and especially we women, I don't know, for some reason, we are bad at asking for help and reaching out and teaming up with someone. You know that you have a female boss. So, I mean, it's amazing to to have that energy and, and to, to work with someone else. Today's podcast is brought to you by Gantt an American sportswear brand offering premium clothing, accessories, and home furnishings. Born 70 years ago at an American East Coast university, Gantt lives by the credo, never stop learning, an encouragement to stay curious and constantly strive to learn new things. Earlier this year, Gantt released Flipping the Ladder, a full-length documentary that sets out to explore a growing trend in today's society by asking the pivotal question, what if the next step in your career isn't up? The documentary follows three professionals who want to take action towards a more meaningful life and gives them the opportunity to try an entirely new career. Inspired by such, Gantt is now launching a flip termship at their headquarters in Stockholm. Unlike a traditional internship, the uniqueness is that you can only apply if you have no previous experience within that field. Flipping the Ladder and Gantt's new initiative, Flip Turnship, set out to question the conventional career ladder and act as a celebration of those who challenge the way we define success in society. You can watch Gantt's documentary, Flipping the Ladder, on Gantt's YouTube channel. So you spoke before um, when you kind of transitioned out of your music career into exploring fashion and media that your daughter was the catalyst but it sounds like something was starting to already transition you out of it it was just that was the moment when you really made a switch what was the reason for that i think that i was you know curious to start something else i felt that i'd the music my whole life and i was really tired of the whole industry and it's also fight against age so i felt that okay i need to have a backup here and also i felt like i can't have the life i had because i was constantly traveling you know you feel like you're a bad wife you i would become a bad mother of course you can always solve that but i mean i knew that i couldn't constantly have my daughter with me on tour so i decided myself mentally okay i'm going to have Electra, I'm going to take a break. And I already had, you know, this huge passion for fashion, being an artist. So that was one of my ways to really express my music was through what I was wearing as well. So little by little, what I did was that I, I haven't studied fashion in that sense. I'm not like this, you know, old school fashion journalist. Uh, but I think that I can somehow explain fashion, what it does to us, what it does to our self-confidence when we feel that we have, like you have, the perfect skirt, the perf mixed with like an amazing sweater, like the, the look that that people are really gonna, you know, um, turn their head. And, and I mean, you, I know that you feel great in this outfit. <laughs> you can feel that. And, and, and I've had met so many people um, who didn't feel secure. So I was like, how can I somehow inspire people to to find their style and, and to explain this in an easy way. And that's how I eventually started to work with TV. 
So I started to do a lot of things during the Fashion Week in Stockholm. I did a lot of reporting, uh, interviewed designers and um, the guests and influencers and so on. And I was like, there's really something fun here. Like this is really uh, an amazing creative industry uh, that has so many levels. I mean, it's like really oh, layers. It's like it's, it's when you start digging deep, it's, it's you, you get obsessed basically. So that was just the start of it. And then it just took off very, very fast. I really like that approach because I feel for a lot of people and possibly the majority of people, fashion is very unapproachable. And sometimes it's even a bit intimidating. Mm. But really, the reality is everybody partakes in fashion. When you put on clothes in the morning, you're partaking in fashion in yeah. some way or another, even if you don't consider yourself you know, fashionable or, or keeping up with it. And what you put on really does play such a role in, in how you feel and how you present yourself and how you go about your day. Mm. I think it's very obvious to see when you're wearing something that you don't feel 100% yeah, in exactly. and you can just feel your yeah. whole day, you're off a little yeah. bit. It's crazy. I mean, you must have experienced, I know that you're a very fashionable woman, you have a great style, but we all somehow feel that you know we we this was not the right choice and um i think that what is nice today about fashion is that it has been really um i feel that it's more as you say accessible to to everyone and we have social media and and so on to thank a lot for that but it's i think it's it's okay today to say you know i express my personality through my style it doesn't have anything to do with um with being a shopaholic or someone who's like uh, just on the surface. It's much deeper than that. And um, I, uh, I'm i thrilled to see someone who really feel happy about this style. And I think there, to me, it's like now, of course, I, I report on trends, etc. But I, I think we have moved on to the next stage where it's really about individuality to find your style and to to uh, express who you are through your clothes. So it's, it's a fun time to work in fashion. So... You are also an angel investor. And before getting into how this came about, I just want to kind of talk about what an angel investor is, because I think myself included, a lot of us know the term and we've heard it and it's this wonderful thing, but it doesn't seem so easily defined. Um, so I'd love to hear in your words in the simplest form, what an angel investor is. What I see and what I do is that I, I uh, somehow can can help a startup, someone, a uh, great creative person with brilliant ideas to go on and, and, and hopefully build and create something. Um, so you are often there on an early stage. Uh, it's a huge risk taking, but that's also the fun of it. It's uh, something that I'm so thrilled to be a part of. I've been investing now in 10 Tannish company, maybe, uh, of different uh, sorts. So it's not, I'm not really just an angel investor in one sector. So I, I kind of, I fall for the entrepreneur. That's that's my thing. Right now, I have to say Stockholm is one of the best places to be when it comes to, to startups, to uh, young or experience, doesn't matter, but great entrepreneurs who, who have great ideas. So it's... Um, Why do you think so? It's a bit of a different work ethic I would say but I think that somehow there is this creative sense um, people are not really afraid of getting out there and trying out their ideas and dreams and maybe I always said this when I did music that why we had so many great songwriters and musicians coming from Sweden is because it's 
fucking dark here, like six months of the year. Uh, and you have to do something with your time. You, you're not, I mean, I love Los Angeles. That's my dream to one day move there. And, but I would be so tempted to, to be on the beach, to surf, to do sports and to enjoy the beautiful weather. Uh, here, you, 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 that's not an option. So you need to do something with your time. And instead of being inside and being bored, you can be inside and be really creative. Um, so that's why I think we have a lot of talented people here who who build amazing things. How did you come to be an angel investor or the first time that you took on this role? How did that unfold? My first initial idea was only to invest in, in fashion, but then I felt, okay, that's really interesting. But I also feel that there is so much else out there that is also areas that I don't know so much about that I can learn so much from. And of course, I also have a need and a drive of helping women. I now invested in this great company called Hon, which is a fantastic platform for women to network. This was this entrepreneur, Alexandra Vli, that I met. Um, and I thought she was brilliant. She was like a fire, like she was, you know, such a drive, such a burn. And I Honestly, I fell in love with her as an entrepreneur, with her great mindset and ideas. And that's how it all started. So that's how all my invested investments have started. Like I meet the entrepreneur, I follow them, I see how the company develops, you know, the next steps. And then when I feel ready, I go in. How do you decide who and what to invest in? What grabs your attention? What I look for? Yeah. Again, the entrepreneur. I want to see that that person is going to be there from the beginning to the end. Someone who is as driven as, you know, I would be if I would ask people to invest in my company. I mean, it's a huge responsibility. And then, of course, the concept, the idea has to be something very solid. As an investor, you want to see that there is, you know, is there an exit somehow throughout the way? Is this is this company um, actually going to work? Or is it just a brilliant idea? Because there are a lot of brilliant ideas out there. But then when you kind of try to translate it to to become a great business. I mean, that's not always going to happen. And of course, you are also ready to take that risk. But I think for me still, it has to be the person or the team who is behind the company that they're really, really going to be able to perform. Would you also say that there is a deal of intuition involved in that process as well? Do you ever lean in towards your own intuition, kind of a feeling that you have about someone or something? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important. If you if you are ready to listen to your intuition, that's gonna take you far. I think so. So for me, I I um I think you know you you get the feeling instantly when you when you meet someone or when you get a prospect and you you uh, study something. So I think absolutely that's something I always lean back on. What has been the most rewarding moment in your career so far? Oh, I think I haven't got it yet. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's always for me the next thing. Now we are launching with my colleague Ebba in Sacred Steel, our company. Um, we have so many fun things. We do our weekly podcast uh, and we are now launching next in the beginning of next year, our third book, our third style guide. Uh, so I'm really excited about this project of mine, which is really a hard project. I think I'm proud somehow that I dared to take the step and try something new. So that was a highlight, I think, in my career. And I think along the way, um, 
I've experienced so many great things. I've been able to collaborate with amazing people. I'm so thankful that throughout the years I've been able to meet people that have inspired me, that have enlightened me, that have, you know, kind of shaped me. So so I think it's important to also see that you're never alone, that there's a team of people around you. And I'm thankful for my really my lowest downs as well. Um, but I still think that there's so much ahead and, and I'm never going to stop uh, running I think for the next thing so but right now I feel I'm in a good place it's fun again it's fun to do different things to um, be able to divide your time your time and your your work in into different areas and learn something I think I know personally for me is pretty difficult and and when talking to others I I see a lot of us have this in common unfortunately it's when you are constantly looking towards the future and what's next, you actually forget to celebrate like the present moments or like the present uh, achievements. I know for myself mm. speaking. It's so good you say that. Yeah. yeah and it's so difficult. Yeah, and so difficult. I know I, I'll get an achievement and I'm excited for a very short period and then, I, okay, but what's next? Yeah. And I don't think some of us linger there enough to really celebrate that until oftentimes it's when somebody like reads back to you mm. some of the things you've done recently that you're like, wow, actually. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you take that moment to reflect, yeah. but it's it's a very difficult thing to kind of do naturally. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm quite bad at it, I'd say, but it's something that is so important to do. And even the small things, I mean, it's not like, I think we always look into just to the huge successes or the huge things in life uh, that really stands out, but it can also be the really, really small things. So um, it's good you reminded me. <laughs> I needed to be reminded. Within the industry, you are recognized widely for your humility. How important do you feel it is for leaders to stay humble in their approach? Well, I remember when I was managing other artists, I always said that, you know, never be a diva. It's like no one wants to work with a diva. And it's like, I mean, there are divas in any industry today. You can, you can, it's not only in the music industry. And I think to greet people with a smile, um, to be positive, to uh, show that you really can, you know, work hard. I think it's so important. And I think it's, it's always a something that I point out when I when I talk about, you know, great qualities in other people that I meet, people I respect. It's like they it doesn't matter how successful they become, they're so humble. And that what is what makes you respect them even more. There's a bit of a cliche quote, but it's actually very true. And it's that people won't remember what you did. They'll remember how you made them feel. Mm. And I think that's actually really, really important. Yeah so important. I always hug people because I absolutely don't remember any face at all. So it's like everyone gets hugged by me, which is super awkward, especially if you're abroad, because people are like, why is this like tall person hugging me? But I'm so scared of that I've met that person and that I don't recognize that person and that I will, you know, will introduce myself and I've actually probably been in a business meeting or something. But this is really something I, I, I can't help it. It's like I, I, can't remember faces. I remember situations or voices or clothes or details. But um, so and but somehow I, I kind of turned it to my uh, to something that is actually quite positive because people we always end up laughing and then I'm 
90% of the time also hug people that have never met me before. So, uh, but I think, you know, getting into room, being positive, um, looking at the people around you and, and uh, acknowledging them. I mean, I uh, now I sit here and just talk about myself, but I'm mostly interested actually in other people. I think that's more um, giving than, than uh, telling your own story. Would you also credit your humility to the people around you? I think oftentimes if you have a very strong core around you, um, if you have those moments where you start to think of yourself a little too highly or something, there's always somebody that'll kind of bring you back mm. um, and kind of wake you up again and be like, slow down a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you have someone, we all have those people or we it's great to have those people in the life. My my family is definitely um, the my best team in that sense. My husband, uh, who uh, is actually um, someone I love to work with, we work as well. We do investment together, so we have a great time. But he's also the, a great person to say when I work too hard or too much or when I disappear. Like then he always brings me back. And the kids, I mean, you know, there you cannot and you can never hide for the kids. They. They make fun of me doing selfies on Instagram, and you know I have an eight-year-old girl, so she uh, she knows the drill. So she she is the best one to to take me down whenever she feels that I'm kind of flying up there. Is there a career or a role that you have not tried yet that you would maybe like to someday? If I could just today choose something completely random that I would love to do, is that I would love to open a flower shop. I love flowers. That's super interesting. Yeah. It's just like a dream and I don't know if I'm if it's ever going to happen or in the next life or so on, but it's really something that I that I'm super passionate about. So, you know, I'm I love to be surrounded by flowers and I would love to have a flower shop. A lot of people I find want to work in the creative field, but it's really difficult to explain what a creative path can look like. Yeah. There's a lot of winds and turns and different directions, redirections. Because every creative path is so different, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. What would you say is your best advice for people who kind of want to create their own creative path? First of all, um, going back to what you said, listen to your intuition um, and listen to yourself. And then I think not, um, not be so afraid. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is that it doesn't work. And then you just have to get out of bed and take your phone or your computer probably today <laughs> and make it work again. So um, I think we should be less scared and more optimistic and see opportunities. And today, I mean, it's to be young today, like I'm so happy that my kids are growing up to a world where there are opportunities as well, because you can really be become an entrepreneur if you want to um, and create something and build something and do things for others. I mean, there are endless opportunities. I think that's really, it's a good point talking about fear. I think we really get in our own way when we want to do something because of fear. But a lot of times when you actually write down like worst case scenario, mm. it's actually not that bad. No, exactly. And I mean, the worst case scenario is it's not going to work. And then what do you do? And then you find something else to do. Today, everyone, every successful person that you'll meet have failures. 
Do you think also there's a bit of encouragement today now because everyone is so accessible with each other, especially through Instagram, you're seeing what other people are doing, that it's almost that unconventional career paths are being highlighted even more, where in the past it was it was so broken down. You know, you have elementary school, middle school, high school, college, you get your first job, and then you know, it all kind of unfolds from there. And I think now there's more conversation about doing things differently. And so in a way, it's a little bit comforting for people who maybe don't want to follow such a traditional path. Mm, totally. Absolutely. I think it's more it's more forgiving in that sense. And stemming from that, what is the best piece of career advice that you have ever received? What I What I always fall back to is to listen to your own intuition and to uh, trust your instinct. Do you ever find that there are moments where your intuition is kind of clouded? Like, how do you get back to that where you're really, you know, you're listening to yourself? I think a lot of times if you're stressed or you're busy, you don't hear yourself. No, so true. And it takes that moment of like real stillness to yeah. actually start start listening. Absolutely. I mean, especially the, the way we live today. I mean, with constant flow and uh, we we push ourselves really, really hard because we want to as well, because it's fun. Um, not only because we have to, but it's it's uh, it's fun to work and to do things and to be creative. So yeah, for me, it's really um, when I feel that I lose my, my touch, my instinct and my inner voice, I, I have to somehow um, back off a bit which is not always easy with a lot of work and kids, but um, it helps. It's like, for me, it can be a yoga session, a walk, you know, just uh, sitting down in the sofa alone, listening to great music. But I, I know that that's the only thing that's going to help me, as you said, stillness. Lastly, you are out of office. What do you do with your day? Um, if I get a whole day free. Yes, a oh my whole God. day out of office. <laughs> Oh, wow. That would be a dream. Um, what would I do? Uh, so just now this season, like when it's still beautiful weather in Sweden, I would definitely go on a boat, on a boat trip uh, here in the archipelago. That's uh, I always connect with the sea, so that'd be amazing. Thanks for joining my conversation with Amelia. You can follow her along with her many ventures on Instagram at Amelia de Poire. Thanks again for tuning in to the Out of Office podcast. Hit subscribe to keep up with us and of course rate or share with a friend. Out of Office is not just a conversation with our guests. It's also a conversation with you. Send us your career questions to hotline at buybaba.com and we'll answer them in our upcoming episodes. This podcast was produced by Tinka Media and music was brought to you by Blue Dot Sessions.